Hello, welcome to Weight Loss Lifestyle, episode number 62. I am coming to you here through Zoom, so I'm going to be checking over here on my iPad to be sure that I am here. And if you are on live, if you could tell me if you could hear me, can hear me, that would be fantastic. So here we go, ready to talk about my 800th fast. I am so excited. I've been anticipating this episode for some time now, ready to share with you my 800th fast and ready to uh, talk about what I've learned over the last two plus years of intermittent fasting. So uh, to begin with, this is what the image looked like that has been floating around concerning tonight's episode. And so hopefully you've seen this. My printer was being stubborn, wouldn't print in color, but I'm gonna be referring to this. Um, but if you have the Zero app, you will be familiar with maybe what this looks like. So I'm just going to dig in right at the beginning. Most of you know, if you followed my intermittent fasting journey very far, that I began intermittent fasting in October, November of 2017. And, um, I had been fasting for about six weeks when uh, Ray Baby, that's my husband, and I went to our Christmas dance. Um, we are ballroom dancers for our dance club, and he was unable to dance. I had to leave the ballroom for after, in the middle of the very first dance. That's never happened before because his knee simply gave out and he was not able to continue. And uh, at that point in time, unbeknownst to me, he decided to join me in intermittent fasting. And so the next day he came home from work and said, I've been fasting today and uh, joined me. And so together we have lost over 220 pounds in the last many years, but we have lost 160 of that in the last couple of years um, with intermittent fasting as a part of our weight loss protocol. And so um, I just wanted to come on here, first of all, to tell you that it can be done, that you can make this a lifestyle, that you can do this forever and ever and ever. All right, that's sometimes um, something that we feel is maybe too difficult or uh, something that feels out of our reach. And so I just wanted to tell you that it isn't too difficult and it is not out of your reach. And then um, I just wanted to tell you many of the things that I've learned. Um, I have too many things actually, so I'm gonna have to you know, kind of constrain myself um, to the most important things or to things that I think will apply and help you. So uh, first of all, I use the Zero app and that is just an app on my phone that I just push start fasting, I push end, my fa end fasting and it keeps track. And then when you go to the, um, like this, the um, toggle that says fasts, that gives you something that looks like this. And those of you who are listening won't be able to see it, but what it has is at the top, it has the number of fasts that you have in total. And, and mine says 800. And then besides that, it says seven fast average. So that was the last seven times that I signed in to the app and it has as my average 18 hours. It has my longest longest fast at 27.7. And then it has two things that, when I showed this to my husband, he was like, you've never not fasted. And I was like, yeah, I think I just probably pushed the wrong button or else I, um, I know sometimes when I 
forget to sign in or sign out. We used to call it clocking in to eat, clocking out. Sometimes when I do that, I, um, I maybe forget to do it. So then I go back and try to start fasting. And then, <coughs> excuse me, then there is a place that you can um, change your time and edit your time. And so probably I just did something wrong because I'm, yeah, technology, right? But because it says I have a 311 fast longest streak, which is saying that I fasted for the longest 311 times uh, in a row, love 311 days in a row. And then it says my current streak at 194. When in reality, it would, my whole fasting time is 800. Um, so I, I look at it, I don't think that's correct. I mean, I know that's not correct because actually, as you'll see when we go through here, uh, we through the outline, uh, which you can get at DonnaReach.com. If you are watching this on YouTube or listening on iTunes, um, it is under weight loss uh, lifestyle broadcast. And uh, this is our Tuesday night broadcast in our free Facebook group, uh, Donna's Weight Loss Lifestyle. So you can get the outline there. Um, it'll be there in a couple of days and um, you can see the outline in its entirety. And also um, for any of the downloads <coughs> or any of the um, uh, handouts and things that you've missed from our Think, Feel, Eat on Thursday nights, those are also available at DonnaReach.com forward slash downloads. All right, so I say all that to say there have been 800. My husband, when he saw this, he said, you know, we've never gone off. You've never gone off. So why does it say 311 day streak? And um, because we even fast during weekend getaways and we even fast on holidays and we even fast on vacation. Uh, it's just a shorter fast. So um, I, I think that's really part of understanding um, how you can do this, shaky there, how you can do this forever. And I feel like that consistency, you know, that the end result of anything you want in your life, anything we want, is made up of all of the little choices, all of the daily consistencies, all of the times that we didn't give up, all of the times that we did what we said we were going to do. And even if we had to alter the time um, to accommodate vacation or special events or whatever, I still never gave up fasting. And I feel like that has been a huge part of my ability to keep on adding more and more difficult things, to keep on adding more things to my life that are not easy. All right, so the top part shows 800 fast, seven fasting averages and so forth. Now then, at the bottom there is a graph and you can set the zero app um, for your hours. And so mine is set for 18 hours. So it basically says I was successful when I fasted for 18 hours. Um, it shows your daily uh, hours for the last seven days that you have logged in. And it shows the average overall, which mine is 18 hours overall, which that is my daily goal. And then it shows the date, February 5th through February 12th was when I took the snapshot. And the, there's a little bit thing that is somewhat misleading if you are a person who averages, and I'm gonna teach about averaging in just a few moments. So um, I average my fasting time. And so you can see I have 19, 16, 19, 20, 17, 17, 17. And so that came up to an average of 18 hours. And so because I put in the app that I wanted to have 18 hours as my goal, anytime I was under 18 hours, it wasn't shaded, it was clear. Um, and so that, in other words, is telling me I didn't meet my goal. 
when you meet your goal, I think, believe it's green. I don't, like I said, this is in black and white, but um, so that is a little bit misleading if you are an averager. So if you're the kind of person who's gonna come unglued when you go into the app and you see, oh, I didn't meet my goal one, two, three days, you know, I, I'm at 16, 17 and 17, you know, I, 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 I you know, if, if, that's, if that's the kind of person you are, first of all, I invite you to join us on Thursday nights for Think, Feel, Eat so we can get rid of some of those thoughts, some of those negative thoughts that are really holding you back um, because there's no reason to come unglued if something tells us that we didn't meet the goal. Um, we can totally live with that information and not have it affect us in a negative way. Um, but <laughs> so that's Thursday nights at eight o'clock in um, Don's Weight Loss Lifestyle Group. And it's also, uh, the, all the episodes are also at the blog and at iTunes and YouTube. Okay, so uh, that's a little bit misleading if you're average. So uh, one of the things that I have learned is how, is how to average. And I teach about this different times and I wanna teach about it every time somebody asks me about it because I want people to understand what you're saying when you average and what you really need to watch out for when you average. All right, so first of all, by learning to average, as I mentioned, I have never gone off and on. And I just think that that is, is just a huge key to success. Um, for one thing, and I've mentioned this before, if you go completely off for a period of time, and if you go on vacation, you just want to forget it for a week, you know, that is a, that is a rare exception. You know, if you just want to eat 12 hours a day for vacation, you know, just know that when you come back, it's going to be a few days. It won't be the full three to four weeks that it takes to get your body adapted to fasting, but it will be a few days, maybe even up to several days to burn through all of that extra stuff that you ate and all of the times that you did not go without food that usually helps you burn through that circulating glucose and that stored glycogen. So you, if you do that, I'm not saying it's bad and terrible if you go off for vacation. I'm just saying for myself personally, I don't like the feeling of having to restart intermittent fasting. And I also like continuity and consistency in my life. I feel so much better. Um, I also don't feel good when I eat for too many hours each day. So, um, so you know, after 800 fast, I can say I honestly do not like to eat all day. When I think about, you know, like we're in a hotel and we walk by the breakfast, you know, free breakfast buffet or whatever, I'm like, I just, that just makes me feel sick to my stomach now because of uh, being in intermittent fasting. It's just, that's not something that interests me anymore. So when you average, another important thing to note, besides not going off and on and how that helps with that, is that you need, that I used high fasting days as compensation days, not as punishment days. So uh, averaging might not be for you if you are doing something like fasting for 27 hours today so you can eat for 12 on Saturday because you have this whole binge plant for the day. One restaurant after another, one movie theater after another, one junk food after another. In that situation, averaging would not work to your benefit at all, right? And so we don't want to use it to plan for binging and to plan for those um, out of control eating episodes. We also don't want to use averaging to um, punish ourselves. So in a situation like that might be, maybe you plan to fast on the weekend, 
but instead of doing the 16 hours you planned, you only did 12 hours and you did that on Saturday and Sunday. So Monday, you're going to punish yourself. Now that, that is a true diet mentality, isn't it? And we spent so much time doing that already in our earlier lives, right? So it's really important that you don't use it as compensation, that you don't use it as punishment days, and that you don't use it to prepare for um, binge or um, pigging out kind of days. Those are words, of course, that we do not use in Donna's Weight Loss Lifestyle, right? No binging, no pigging out, uh, nothing that insinuates um, gl gluttonous behaviors, right? Those are not part of our vocabulary here. All right, and then the next thing you need to do with averaging that I learned from my 800 fast is that being careful of averaging when the eating window is too long, okay? Be careful of averaging when their eating window is so long uh, and you don't have any other boundaries in place. You know, I talk about boundaries all the time. And if you do decide to have a longer eating window for a vacation, for a weekend getaway, um, for a holiday, for a couple of days of like wedding rehearsal, wedding reception, you know, wedding, wedding reception, after wedding day, you know, whatever, where many of us in this, in uh, my community are um, empty nesters kind of air, uh, age group, and we have kids getting married and grandkids being born and all of those things, um, but be careful. And one way that I am careful with that is to decide ahead of time my two or three instances during that time period with food, with what I'm going to eat, what time I'm going to eat, and the amounts I'm going to eat. And that will be one, another way that you can control. So maybe you need a 12-hour eating window because you're having a brunch at 10 and you're having a, a late reception at 9 or 10 that evening, you know, on a, on a wedding day, for example, or even on vacation for some reason, like reservations. You know, when we go to Disney World, sometimes we'll have a, a brunch with the kids at 10, then we'll have like a dinner reservation at eight or nine. And so in that instance, um, when that, when your window is going to be that long, then you want to plan your eating instances because otherwise it can just become a free for all. Most of us have found that in intermittent fasting, the actual times that we have less food control is once we begin eating, right? I'm just like, I don't really want to start eating now because I don't want to want to eat. I don't want to eat now. So I want to fast for a couple more hours because I don't really need any food right now. But once I start eating, that gets stuff going, right? And it gets our appetites uh, increased and our desire for food increased. And so then we often have times have trouble stopping. So when you are going to be using averaging, like in mine, we had a couple of 16 hour days. This was actually the week that our new grandbaby was born. And uh, we traveled up to the hospital and ate out late. Um, both of the nights, actually, with different kids from here, we drove up with them and ate out late. That was very unusual. We try not to eat after seven or eight. It's not really how I like to, to uh, my fasting is really best from two to seven, two to eight at the latest. So we had a couple of 17 hour, we had one 16 and a couple of 17 hour days. And then I had 19, 19 and 20. You know, those were compensation days. They weren't punishment days. But on my 16 and 17, I made it plans ahead of time as to what I was going to eat. So the averaging can work out really, really well for our lifestyle and for flexibility. 
but it can also backfire on us if we use those long eating windows to overindulge. And we can't really make up for long eating windows of too much food simply by shortening another eating window. Because, you know, speaking just from a mathematical standpoint, if you had 4,000 calories during this long eating window, you can't possibly make up for that in your five hour eating window. You would have to, you know, an average woman needs like 1600 calories. So you would have to somehow make up for 2400 calories. And you're not going to do that simply by having a shorter eating window another time. So um, anyway, that is one of the things with averaging. Next, I learned what breaks my fast. Now I've been talking for a long time about my new and future episode called Eight Fasting Gurus, Gurus on What Breaks the Fast. And I have these different eight people who are fasting gurus or um, fasting experts and what they say about what breaks the fast. And so I've listened to them and I've read and, you know, watched and listened to their podcast and watched their videos. And I also had a doctorate nurse practitioner of diabetes discuss with me, she didn't want to come on the podcast, but with me uh, discussing insulin spikes and their effect and their link. And, um, I feel like a lot of us have been taught incorrectly on this. And I don't say this because I break my fast with anything because I don't. <laughs> um, I don't, I mean, I drink a, a five calorie supplement, which um, I don't even, there's no way that that can have any effect unless I felt it had an effect. So what the, the doctor, the doctor, Kathy told me um, is that if you have an insulin spike from anything, whether you're driving by a drive-through and you smell food, whether you're flipping through the television, and those are different types of spikes, but those do spike insulin. They don't spike them from a sugar intake, but they spike them for different reasons, different a different pathway um, from driving th from flipping through the television, from looking at rest recipes on Pinterest from gargling with mouthwash, from brushing your teeth, from uh, sucking on a sugar-free mint. If there is a spike, um, she really didn't think that there was a spike from sugar-free um, foods and some of the gurus do not either, um, but some do think there, there are spikes from that. Um, whether you spike it from drinking a diet soda or a cinnamon apple tea with no sugar in it, uh, these small spikes, okay, so I'm talking about basically non-caloric spikes, all right. She said if they do cause a spike, which well, that would be a one-to-one, one-on-one individual type of basis, she said if they do cause an insulin spike, it's going to be a momentary spike, sometimes even as short as 90 seconds, and then back down. So when somebody, this is why I hate to see people in groups say, I just blew it, I just ruined my whole fast, I took communion, or you know, I forgot and I, and I um, took a sip of my husband's, you know, Diet Coke or whatever. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just so mad at myself. My whole fast is ruined. It's really probably not. <laughs> and that narrow, narrow thinking is very, um, it's, it's not uh, widespread. It's not really what all the research shows and it's not what all the gurus believe, not what all the experts believe. So to me, a broken fast is based on how I feel. So my husband drinks diet soda during the fast. He says, helped him lose 120 pounds in the last couple of years. 
He says he doesn't know if he could fast without it. He has been fasting, one completely fasting all of this time. I don't tell him he's a dirty faster. I don't tell him he's not fasting um, because he has lost so much weight and had so much success with intermittent fasting. Whereas if I were to forget that I'm fasting, this rarely ever happens, but I don't even know if I've been months and months and months, but maybe even a year. Um, but if I forget I'm fasting and I stand in his office talking to him and I lean over and take a sip of his Diet Mountain Dew, immediately I want food. So the question isn't whether I had an insulin spike that broke my fast, it is what it did to me. And that's why I don't drink diet soda during my fast. Um, I hardly drink diet soda anymore. Anyway, I just don't think it's the best thing for me and it causes me to overeat. So um, how I feel is that that breaks my fast. So what I feel when I consume something is my benchmark for whether it breaks my fast or not. So I brush my teeth, I take communion, I use mouthwash, I smell Burger King. <laughs> when I drive by Burger King, I um, sometimes print off recipes. Sometimes I cook while I'm fasting and I have those smells and those scents. I um, drink my little supplement, it's five calories. Um, I, um, what else do I do that might elicit um, you only think of anything else, but regardless of what it is, you know, there are many out of the eight gurus, I think five of them or six of them do not think fat breaks your fast. So because of the effect on them, but anyway, I'll get into that in the next, in that episode. So, uh, cravings me to me mean I broke my fast hunger. Once I start, once I start needing food, once I once it stirs up hunger in me. Now, when I take a sip of my husband's diet pop, do am I driven to cravings and hunger and appetite because my insulin was spiked for 10 seconds or 90 seconds or 120 seconds, or was I um, driven to cravings and hunger and appetite because of the association that I always had with diet drinks? I don't know for sure. But, but I know that for me, I can't do that during the fast and he can. So um, whatever, broken, whatever a broken fast means to you, I really encourage you not just to move right on, just to act like it didn't happen. It's a blip, right? It didn't ruin your whole fast. It didn't take you out of fat burning for the entire rest of the day. It's going to, it's going to be, if it was a spike, it's going to go down and you're going to go back into fat burning. Okay. I don't think it's a good idea to, to do it on a regular basis because I think that it will cause uh, cravings and appetite. All right, the power of fasting. What I have learned about the power of fasting throughout these 800 fasts. First of all, I have learned that fasting does not actually affect directly the amount of weight that you lose, the amount of the number of pounds that you lose as much as some of these other things that I teach about. Would I ever go without fasting? No way. But do, but I think that there are other things that affect weight loss as much or more than the fasting hours. And those things include food, the amount of food you eat, 
your cravings, your hunger, your dopamine spikes, your willpower needs, your self-control. But intermittent fasting affects all of those. So again, when people say, um, you know, that uh, I only fasted for, for 18 hours yesterday instead of 19, so I didn't lose any weight, I wouldn't say that they, that that hour caused them not to lose weight. I would say these things caused you not to lose weight. The amount of food you ate, the cravings, the hunger, the dopamine spikes, the willpower needs, your, your control, your self-control. But maybe your fast caused those things to be affected. It's very, very compelling and interesting. The things that fasting does to us. Do I think that the longer you fast, if you eat the same number of calories as somebody who didn't fast, um, that you're going to lose weight better. I think you'll be in a better position to burn body fat. Um, I think that so many amazing things will happen to you, but I don't think you can say, I fasted for 20, you only fasted for 19, so I lost more weight than you did. All right, so the power of fasting's effect on hunger. I've talked about this before. You know how much I love it. You know I'm in awe of it, and that is that I control hunger that I tamed the ghrelin hormone. I, I still am in all of that. I am just absolutely amazed and so, 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 so happy about that. Um, I also believe the power of fasting has a huge impact on nibbles versus whole meals. Talked about this a lot before too, that I was never one to do like a Weight Watchers program or a calorie counting where you had like in the morning, you know, you had a um, coffee, and an English muffin. And then two hours later, you had a, um, a uh, you know, cottage cheese, serving cottage cheese. And then two hours later, you had this lunch and you had half of a sandwich and a bag of chips. And then two hours later, you had celery and hummus. And then two hours later, you had apple and peanut butter. And then two hours later, it was time for dinner and you were home and you hardly had any calories left at all and so you ate more nibbles for your evening meal <laughs> all of those are just nibbles for one thing i like hot food i do not like cold food that's just how i roll and so nibbles have never appealed to me because they're uh, oftentimes cold um but with intermittent fasting two whole meals a day um my first one can be one of them is smaller than the other um, they're decided ahead of time, they're planned ahead of time, but they're not nibbles. They're real food <laughs> and, and a whole food, you know, like a potato and a meat and a, and a serving of green beans or corn and maybe even a dessert, right? And then maybe my other meal, a lot of times I open my window with salad. I just really like um, salads with meat on it. Um, so nibbles versus whole meals. Power fasting also, and I talk about this in episode 61. That is willpower part two, also 60, willpower part one. And that is how with fasting, we need less willpower and we save it up throughout the day since we're not making food-related decisions outside of our, during our fasting time, we save it up for the eating window. Control, power of fasting on control, that says it all, doesn't it? It's just an amazing thing. Not that I have perfect 100% self-control because if I did, I would be at my goal weight. <laughs> I still have 
18 pounds to go. I've been feeling like I've been saying that for a while. We still have 18 pounds to go. So I won't say that I have perfect 100% control, but I've never not gained back my weight by this time. Never, ever have I lost. Never have I been this small. Um, size 10, 20, 18 pounds for my goal weight. Um, except for the other time I lost 100 pounds and that was only, only kept it off for a month, maybe even two weeks. Um, and never have I had the control that I do have, obviously, because otherwise I wouldn't be keeping it off. So uh, control. Uh, the leptin-insulin relationship, that is another thing that's huge in the power of fasting, that as our insulin is kept low during our fasting time, our leptin is higher and it's able or, and or, if we need it to be higher, it's raised, Otherwise, or we at least hear it better. So we're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. This is enough for now. That is another amazing thing. And then, of course, the power of fasting puts me in a good position to burn body fat. That's another thing that I have learned and enjoyed through intermittent fasting. All right, so I am going to close this up for tonight. Actually, uh, we're going to have part two because I have a lot of notes left. So we're going to have part two next week, which will be uh, what my lessons from 800 fasts part two. So just to recap and remind you uh, so far, I've learned to uh, use my zero app. I really encourage you to use an app. I just think that it gives you visible proof. It shows you where you're at. I also use um, something called happy scale, happy scale. And I weigh in every day and I log it. Um, I've always been a believer before I read the research that frequent weighing was good for weight loss, even before I lost this amount of weight, um, because I believe in, um, I believe that you propel what you plan and you mo move what you measure. Remember that from another episode, you propel what you plan and you move what you measure. And if we don't measure, then we don't move it. And um, also the research, and I had this in another episode, I'll try to link it up in the show notes, I can't remember what it was, but the, uh, the research on frequent weighing is very strong with weight loss. Um, the core, it's more than just uh, cause, causation, it's really, I mean, it's more than just correlation, it definitely uh, has a lot of uh, causalities, causalities uh, with that showing that uh, people lose better when they record their weight um, and not just when they weigh, but also when they record it. Um, so I'll bring that to you another time. All right. So the zero app weighing every day, learning to average, learning to average in a way that is beneficial to me, not just learning to average so that I can have, you know, uh, binging days, not just learning to average so that I could eat as much as I wanted to on another day and not learning to average so that I could punt so uh, in such a way that I punish myself for my lower days, uh, using those higher fasting days as compensation days for the planned shorter days, not as punishment days. And being careful on those longer eating window days to really, really be in the driver's seat, be in control with my food. Learning what breaks my fast for me, learning what probably gives me an insulin spike, but even if it doesn't give me an insulin spike, it definitely causes me to overeat, definitely causes me to crave 
my in, uh, uh, incites my appetite um, in such a way that I want to eat. So I have learned that and that has been super, super, super helpful. Um, and I have learned all about the power of fasting, right? The, the effect on hunger, willpower, insulin, leptin, ghrelin, that has been remarkable. All right, so I will see you next week for episode number 63, uh, Lessons from 800 Fast, part two. Thank you for joining me and I will see you soon.